he sucks and he'll always suck. Welcome to Football Another F Words. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski. I am joined here on Skype doing some podcast social distancing with our co-host and producer, Zach Lines. And it is just the two of us today, Zach. It is. No Mike. Uh there he had something come up last minute, so it is just us. He's he's he got shit going on, I guess. I don't know. He's he's got shit going on, and uh, Keith is on the moon. So um well Let's uh, let's get into it. We haven't recorded in uh, in a few weeks, and it's <laughs> because the last time we recorded, the world has literally completely changed. In about uh, what was it? Been about three weeks, four weeks. It's been what a month since we recorded. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, me uh, since me and you have recorded for sure, uh, because me and Mike, you know, we did those. Well, I would say little, but we did little. You know, they were they were very long uh, talks when we signed Tannehill and then uh, right uh, Vic Beasley and stuff. But it's good to see you back. I'm actually seeing you, yeah, and hearing you. So it's good to good to see it. It's good to be back. It's uh, I I was already pretty much working from home, so the shift wasn't too terribly drastic for me. But what what has sucked is things like this. I mean, like you. We recorded a, a really great episode with uh, with Ferkser, Anthony Ferkser. So we really appreciate everybody, you know, tuning in and checking that one out. If you have not checked it out, you can uh, find our podcast at the usual place. Go back and take that a listen. That was the first time we got to use your new setup, our, our new setup in uh, in your office. And ever since then, uh, you know, we unfortunately are now relegated to doing things over Skype. But we want to get a podcast to you all. Um, we think it's important for you all to have something fun to listen to while we're all stuck at home together. So um, here we go. We've got a few things to get into today. We're going to talk about some uh, recent signings. We'll touch on Derrick Henry and his franchise tag. We will discuss Jadavian Clowney, which we have gone back and forth, high to low with, with on uh, Titans Twitter for, for a while. And you all were kind enough to ask us some questions on Twitter, and we will get to those. So let me start with um, – recent signings by the Titans. Uh, why don't you take it, Zach? Let's, let's go through who uh, who all is signed. Well, officially Vic Beasley, but we, we've already talked about that. Since we've talked, uh, Michael Pruitt, Kamale Correa, Jack Crawford, and I am not even... Ty Cimbarelli uh, has signed. <laughs> uh, as far as anybody else, I... Oh, uh, Nick... Dzunzabar, Dabunzbar, or whatever has also signed. That's it's a. I'm glad you attempted that because I can't. I can't pronounce that. Dzubnar. It's D Z U B N A R. Dzubnar. Any of these surprise you? I I think the the lack. I think what I'm most surprised about is the lack of knowledge of these players because I really I've heard of Ty Sambarelli or however you pronounce his last name and of course I know Kamale Correa and Michael Pruitt but I've never heard of Nick DeBunsbar and Jack Crawford and I have to say I I know some obscure football players that maybe other people wouldn't know but I really have no clue who they are uh uh, basically, Jack Crawford is just going to be a Brent Urban-esque uh, signing. I wouldn't put any real stock into it or whatever that he may not even make the team in the long run. Uh, Kamale Correa is interesting. 
let me tell you a little bit that people, I think, tend to forget about Kamala Correa. And I am going to actually ask you, do you know what round of the draft in 2016 he was drafted in? I don't, but I want to guess because I want to try to sound smart. Kamala Correa, round... Oh, boy. He was not drafted. He was a free agent. That would be incorrect. He is a former second-round draft pick by wow. the Ravens. So he is only 25 years old, and he, the Ravens know players. I think that the Ravens, uh, with the Steelers and a few others, always tend to pick really good players, but it just never clicked for him in those first two years. And then we, of course, traded for him. After Dean Pease came over, we traded for him. So... He gets you know what? I feel like an yeah, I ahead. feel like an ass. I should know that because after the Baltimore game, I was kind of binging on the Titans. I just just had a great victory in Baltimore, and one of the late night like ESPN ESPN two shows touched on that. I, I actually should have known that. <laughs> well, I just think it's interesting because you know I think people forget they're like, oh, it's just Kamala Correa, blah 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 blah. He's not a old journeyman, you know, scrub. He really started to put everything together last year. There's sometimes players just take a while to really hit their stride. Uh, one of the linebackers that comes to mind was like Lorenzo Alexander or even Zach Brown, former Titans uh, player here in Nashville who went on to uh, Buffalo and Washington and actually became all of a sudden good. And yeah. so like I think there's a good possibility that Kamale Correa – could live up to someone else's second round potential. I, I like it. I, I like the signing. I'm glad, glad to see him back on the team. What what was that that was floating around on Twitter this week about what number he should wear? Yeah, I I don't get that. Apparently, I always thought he was number 44. I, I did too. I, I didn't how, know how that he that? wasn't, and I don't know if something's changed. I, I I don't get the whole number. I know that there's a set numbers for every position, but I'm. Pretty sure I thought he was 44 the whole time, but maybe I'm just mistaken. Well, I was gonna I was gonna move on to Henry. Is there anything else you want to get into with our signings before I go? I I think that they're all relatively cheap. They're I think we got a technically a really good deal in Kamale Correa, and I think it all comes back to people overvaluing their own stock, which I'm not here to tell anybody they shouldn't believe in themselves, but there is a cold realistic fact of the business and this goes to maybe a little bit towards logan ryan but kamala correa really thought he was going to get more money based on his performance at the end of the year on the market and here he is back at 3.5 logan ryan's still out there and you know mike keith today on the wake-up zone um they asked him why do they think logan ryan is still out there and mike keith just bluntly goes 10 million dollars he says, that's just too much. That's too expensive. And, he, you know, I like Logan Ryan. It's just too expensive. And I think it goes, leads into Derrick Henry, who ended his, uh, what Titans fans probably deemed as the first in a long process of holdouts by signing his tender. But you can't over, there, there, there's a market in the NFL. You may think your product or yourself is worth a certain amount. That doesn't mean that there are 32 other people in, or 32 teams that share that same value, and they're the ones who have to pay you. All right, let, let me let me let me jump around a little bit because I got to ask you this while it's fresh on my mind. 
Before I get to the question, you know, I'm going to ask you Amari Cooper, five years, a hundred million dollars. Is it, is that, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a little overvalued. Well, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, is it, I mean, he really has helped that team, but then I think about, okay, Michael Gallup has really started to show up and I know he got called a turd. (laughs) Which I damn it, you're 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 sorry, killing me. Sorry. I was gonna go to that next. No, you're kidding. You're good. But I mean, he's he's getting paid. He can get out of it with forty million dollars. So it's yeah. not. I know it's a five year, a hundred million dollar, but it's two. It's really a two year, forty million dollar thing. So it's twenty million dollars a year technically. Okay, that's not so- bad, right? But before, okay, so obviously you know where I'm going with this. Rex Ryan calls him a turd on ESPN this morning. Yeah. First off, like, how are you calling a pro athlete a turd anyways? Well, well it's but because me, he can't call him a piece of shit. Because okay, you know so that's he what he wanted to say, right? Like, he's just a piece of shit. Of shit. I'm going to get to that in just a yeah. second. Before Rex Ryan decides to call someone the, the FCC version of a piece of shit, he did make a, a point that I do think is valid is that Amari Cooper tends to play a bit of a disappearing act. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, coming from a guy that first off has watched him in college and had high hopes when he entered the league and drafted him in many fantasy leagues and kept him and kept saying, this is the year for Amari Cooper. <laughs> this is it. He very much disappears more often than not. And... I think that he's found a good place in Dallas where he will get uh, patience with Mike McCarthy and all that stuff. But, I mean, it is a little rich for Amari Cooper. Why, why was Rex Ryan so animated about, of all people, Amari Cooper? I mean, have they crossed paths? I, I don't think so. Is it just people stuck at home and he's just losing his mind a little bit? To me, it's almost, I think, that Rex Ryan hates laziness. And I'm not saying that Amari Cooper right now is lazy, but I know he has had a history of being lazy on the field during practices and such. So I think Rex Ryan just really hates that. Um, I mean, the... I don't know why. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, but I mean, it's it's very strange, Shit. and I think I don't. I, the third comment, of course, is going to be made a little bit about race, right? I mean, it's it's it, going to get mean, there. It, it is. And, it's and definitely going to go. There could be a possibility. I don't know Rex Ryan that well enough to say what he does or doesn't. You know, I just know that there's a lot of players that really love Rex Ryan. But I think he really because. Don't we call players in just normal conversations as fans? Oh, that guy's a piece of shit. He's garbage. He's trash. And I think that he was just trying to censor himself with whatever word popped in his head. I mean, would poop have been better? This guy's poop. No, nothing. So you're just saying that he shouldn't have said anything. I'm just saying you can't go on ESPN and refer to a player as a piece of excrement in, in any form or fashion, especially when he's not like what the point I'm trying to drive here is that Amari Cooper, I think it's a little much for our, for Amari Cooper, but like, I think you've got to reserve comments like that for players who are like, I don't know, punching their fiancés in elevators and not just 
playing a disappearing act on the field. That warrants the you're a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, how many people do you think have photoshopped? Uh, is it Mr. Hanky? Is that the turd from South Park? Or am I thinking? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I, but I wonder South how many people have dropped a look. Yes, have, Mr. Hanky. Yeah, that. put a Dallas Cowboy helmet on Mr. Hanky on Twitter so far. I don't know, but now I need to go look this up. <laughs> now I think now I need to now I think I need to go search Amari Cooper turd on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I didn't mean to get us off topic. I just I happened to just think about Real that quick, when we were talking about How Fridays. do you spell turd? T E R D or T U R D? T U R D and who who is throwing an E in there? I've never well, seen. I think wasn't it Turd Ferguson? Didn't he spell it with an E? No, I think it was a U. I I, I've seen a, quite a few people spell with an E. I'm a U guy, but I've seen quite a few people spell it with an E. Now I'm I went as Turd Ferguson for Halloween one year. So uh, and there's pictures, but I, I'm pretty sure I spelled it with a U. I mean, it should up? be with a U. And that's what it says, but there are people that spell it with an E. Are you Googling the correct, correct spelling of the word turd? Yeah, I put in turd, social, Ferguson. Social distancing, everyone. That's yeah. what happens when we get stuck at home. All right, let's move on to Derrick Henry. He signed uh, his franchise tag tenure, um, or not tenure, tender, losing my mind. So what is the value of that tender and what kind of what does it guarantee? Because I saw some people were surprised. Actually, Paul Karski said this week, he was really, really surprised by it because it basically takes away his negotiating power. Well, contrary to what Paul believes, he has no negotiating power. He's a running back in the NFL. There is no negotiating power on Derrick Henry's behalf. I know people want to think there is, but first off, I think Teresa Walk, it's 10.2 million is is what he's guaranteed. It's fully guaranteed. But I think what, is important to note and may have gotten lost here and there. And I feel like maybe me and Mike had talked about it, but I just want to reiterate it because Teresa Walker did a good job. Derrick Henry was never going to hold out. Not only one, is it a bad idea for a holdout to happen, but two, it's not in his DNA to be a guy that's going to play a game. He's a work hard. He's a workhorse. He works hard. He loves the game. I just never felt a holdout was possible. Or probable, I guess I should say. I mean, it's always possible, but I didn't feel like it was probable. But a running back just doesn't have negotiating power. And I think when you go back and look at the evidence, which I've been trying to tell people that, is that on when Ian Rappaport was talking about it at um, the Combine, and then even when our own press corps was asking John Robinson and Mike Vrabel about it, they were glowing about Derrick Henry, right? That was what everybody talked about. They hated Tannehill based on the press conferences, but they loved Derrick Henry. And then the tag happened. They loved. Now everybody wants to say, well, they love Tannehill, they hate Derrick Henry. No, they just didn't have enough time to negotiate the second contract before Derrick Henry hit free agency. They want to get a deal done. They've always wanted it. They said it. They want him here long-term. He wants to be here long-term. A deal's going to get done. Just both sides have said it, and I... Don't feel there was any negotiating power to be had because there's fines, there's missing stuff. I mean, he is a running back. Is he well, an easily replaceable running back? No. But can he be replaced, his production be replaced? Yes. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, so let me let me make the devil's advocate argument here because this is where I do kind of agree with Paul a little bit. Couldn't you just do what a lot of people are saying, which is tag him this year, tag him next year, 
and then all of a sudden you're you're right up against a, a running back who is going to be close to 30 years old at that point. Yeah, you could, but I mean, again, that doesn't really hold his negotiating power either. But I mean, that doesn't give Henry anything to negotiate. But they're not going to. I mean, it's it's a it was a tag of good faith, <clears throat> and he signed it in good faith. This is a good faith negotiating deal. This isn't an acrimonious, you know. So you're okay. Deal. So you're 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 saying that basically what your your evidence you're providing is that the fact that he signed this is that you believe that there's an understanding between him and the Titans that they're actively working on a deal that he probably would not have signed this if he thought they were just going to tag him again next year. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I think that, that he shares the same representation, the same company as Tannehill, right? Which is the same representation that John Robinson uses. So okay. they're, they're all in bed together, having a good old, you know, fashion, a, uh, uh, car key party in the, from the seventies, <laughs> a 1970s car key party. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, so like, I, I feel like it was told to Henry. Don't you think that with the way that we've seen this team do business under John Robinson, that was probably told to Derrick Henry, Hey, we really need to get this Ryan Tannehill deal done first. It's very important. Not to say that you're not important. You know, we love you and, but we got to get this deal done. And so let's turn around after this deal's done, we'll get stuff done. Okay. They didn't, it took longer than they expected for Tannehill. They tagged Henry and they said, Hey, we tagged you. Don't worry. We'll get a deal done before July 15th. We'll get, we'll get it done. And then no, all this sure. Corona stuff happened and then yeah. everything. And he signed his tender. No, no muss, no fuss from him. You never heard a peep from him outside on the, um, in Twitter, and he's active on Twitter and social media. Never heard a peep from him. So to me, it's just more understanding that he just kind of knew that they're going to take care of him. I, th- I think in the end, you have to look at the history of this particular franchise and w- under John Robinson. Taylor Lewan got a deal done. Kevin Byard got a deal done. Kevin Byard came in on good faith and participated in OTAs and training camp. You know... OTAs really don't matter anyway. Uh, for veterans, Luan missed OTAs, but he came into training camp under good faith, and they got the deal done, and they'll just get the deal done again. Fair enough, and, and those those are good, valid, fair points. I, I Actually, I will say to, to, to be positive about this is regardless of whether this points to it's good faith they're going to get a deal done or they tag him next year. He signed it. He wants to be back with the team. And now we're pretty close to running this back with the majority of the big pieces that we had last year, that the Titans had last year. I I mean, as a Titans fan, it's got to make you happy, especially to see those front two back. I'm ecstatic. Uh, You know, we're bringing back 10 starters. Kelly did start and has started at right tackle, and he's, of course, started at left tackle, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a starter. But we're bringing back at least 11 people familiar with the system, familiar with their position, familiar with the lingo. And then not to mention that we are going to get back Adam Humphreys, who didn't play a lot last year. This is a loaded team. Uh, This is going to be a really, really good team, and I just really think that it's – I think John Robinson played everything smart and played it the way you had to play it. I know yeah. some people are mad that Tannehill got his deal done first, but Tannehill's market is probably going to be was going to be a tad bit better than what 
maybe the market was for Jameis Winston, who still has yet to sign, or Cam Newton, who still has yet to sign, because Tannehill was healthy. Tannehill hasn't thrown 30 interceptions in a season. Um, you know, there's these things. I mean, we saw the Bears trade a, trade for Nick Foles. You, you mean to tell me they probably wouldn't have paid a little bit extra or a little bit more to go ahead and get Ryan Tannehill and just kick Mitch Trubisky to the curb? I think that there would have been a really big market for Tannehill more so than there would be Henry, as we're seeing from Devontae Freeman hasn't signed, to my knowledge. There were Melvin Gordon signed for way less. This was Derrick Henry's smart move. Take the 10.2 money that you're getting right now and take it because they can still restructure or extend, and he gets paid more money and possibly less cap hit. That's actually, you make a great point, especially with Nick Foles, is that, I mean, as a Bears fan, are you, you cannot be happy that your quarterback competition is coming down to a guy who through was in four games last year and threw what three TDs and two picks spent most of the year hurt. Oh, and he lost every game he was in last lost year. It, yeah. Lost his starting job to that walking mustache. And then now he's in Chicago competing with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I would take Tannehill any day of the week with that setup. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I think, you know, the Panthers, when they signed Bridgewater, they probably would have gone Tannehill. I think there's a lot of people that signed quarterbacks that probably would have spent the money on Tannehill. Uh, you know, maybe the same amount, maybe more. But I think it would have there would have been a market for Tannehill and it'd been a lot harder to get him back than any of the rest of the quarterbacks. So let's uh let's talk a little bit about Jadavian Clowney. Um I was Circus <clears> is I, in town, bud. Ringling the circus Brothers. Is in town, and let me say I mean, what was it, just a week and a half ago, a week ago, most of us thought this was completely dead, or at least the signs were pointing to the fact that there's whatever's going on, Clowney wants too much money, he's doing too much flirting with Seattle, whatever the deal was, it just wasn't looking like that he was going to be coming to Tennessee and that Tennessee was already moving on. Then enter yesterday's press conference. And all of a sudden, the Titans, regardless of whether it's Clowney or not, suddenly the Titans organization becomes the most forthcoming and honest front office with a press conference saying things about a free agent and specifically Clowney that, yeah, we're like we're in talks and trying to figure things out with his people, with his, his agent. Let me just start there. Have you ever heard a front office just suddenly become that honest all of a sudden? Why? Like, am, should I be that surprised by that? I, I think you should be surprised by this front office coming out and saying it. Right, I think, right, yeah. I think when big name free agents are out there, a lot of teams, you you hear of leaks. Maybe very few team officials ever really come out and say it, but I think there's a few times that, depending on owners' meeting, would have been a good time that you get a lot of this information. But in contrast. Speaking of owners' meetings, back in 2018, when we were recording in Dominican Sioux, at the owners' meeting, Jim Wyatt asked him, asked John Robinson about Sioux, and he says, well, we just really can't comment on that. And we knew that Sioux was at the Southern. We know that Sioux was visiting, you know, these weekends here in Nashville. So we all knew that, but he still didn't want to comment. Now, here we all are wondering, well, what's really the the real stuff about Clowney? And J-Rob and Vrabel just come right out and say that they're, they're to me, their candidness on these responses, while a, not a 100% we're going to have Clowney, it's a very confident regime that I think Clowney's going to be here. 
Yeah, because and I I don't I don't like speculating too much because I I just don't I would rather talk about things that are a little more set in stone. But you, I'm like you. You got to think that things must be pretty far along in those negotiations, or they feel pretty confident about it. Because who wants to stand up there for the next however long if the deal does fall through and answer questions of? why would you make all these comments and then nothing ever comes to fruition, right? I mean, no, nobody wants to stand up there and answer those questions. So I, I hope that's a good sign that things are actually, they're, you know, looking pretty good. It, to me, it seems like a good sign because damn, that was some honesty out of a front office that has given some really vague answers. And we crushed them at the beginning of the year last year for giving such vague answers. I think we even recorded a podcast where one of us made the comment of where's Robinson. He should be out here talking about, yeah, you know, I the did. failures of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I, I think that Vrabel's comments shed a lot of light too, because he talked about how confident he is on Clowney's preparation going into Sundays, his, uh, his demeanor at practice. I mean, he went all in and he, I think the only thing holding this deal up is literally a physical here in Nashville. Well, you all decided to uh, ask us some questions on Twitter, which we wanted to get into. Do you have any in specific that you wanted to get to first? I, we, we got asked quite a few good questions, so uh, I wanted to dive into them. Um, you, you, you take us where we need to go. So Tyler Coupler, I hope I'm saying that correctly. If I have screwed it up, I, I apologize, Tyler. Tyler was asking us on Twitter, why is Jerome Mosher the worst official in the history of sports? Is he the worst official in the history of sports? I mean, he's bad. He's pretty bad. I would say that he's at least top three. He's the Mount Rushmore of, is he the, he's got to be the worst ref in football. I think I he's the think. worst in football. I, I know I'm there's, sure a there's lot. some shady ass NBA refs that everybody hates. I was right? going to say as an, as an average, not even at an average as an avid NFL fan. If you know the name of a referee, it's generally not great. Right. right. I mean, the only reason why we know Ed Hockley's name is uh, the tight ass shirts and the obviously iron pumping. We know Jerome Bozier, especially in the AFC South, because we always get stuck with his bullshit ass throwing penalties, especially holding calls on everything. I think he's definitely the worst in the NFL. Yeah. And and I, I is he the worst in sports? There's got to be an NBA ref that's way worse. Than maybe even those – everybody complains about SEC basketball refs. I mean, they all have to be worse right. than Jerome Bozier, right? And not to mention, who was the guy in the NFL that was betting on basketball – and the NBA was like, oh, no, he wasn't betting. He didn't make any money off the games. Oh, he was betting on stuff that crap. was inconsequential. And they just had so, him yeah. on the Wake Up Zoner midday because there was some movie being made about his life. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so I can't I can't really say. Maybe, maybe those qualifications don't, don't agree with you, Tyler. I can't say he's the worst official in the history of sports because I think betting on a sport, when you have the ability, you are supposed to be the referee literally – that can change the outcome of games. I, I think that's pretty bad, but but definitely the worst in NFL history. Yes, I I, I think I think he's he's pretty damn bad. Um, Titans film room asked us favorite new thing you have learned in quarantine. We'll start with you, Zach. Uh, I've learned that I still am very good at Halo. Uh, well, I'm better at Halo Five on playing on my phone <laughs> than I was playing on a big screen. 
But two, I've learned actually um, how to make pizza properly, how to bake. I've never nice. been a baker, so I am taking on a new skill baking. Uh, I'm trying to learn new things with cooking. That way I can confidently go on these uh, master chef or amateur cooking shows and try to win one. Very nice. I actually, mine is cooking specific as well. I've been diving into recipes, especially off of like serious eats that definitely involve a little bit more scientific description of why you're making a food a certain way that you'll get a result that the example I'll give you is making proper crispy potatoes in the oven. I know this may not sound like a, a big deal, but if you cut them up and then parboil them with some salt water, but some baking soda, it helps kind of break down the outer structure of potatoes. And then when you roast them in the oven, that kind of craggly outside of the potato that's almost been torn up a little bit from parboiling it with baking soda from the reaction it gets with baking soda causes them to fry up like home fries, like you fried them in a deep fryer and you do this in the oven. I don't get me wrong. It's time consuming, but it is definitely worth it. I made some potatoes the other night that I was flat out ashamed at how many of these damn potatoes I ate. So yeah. So that's what I've learned. It definitely, definitely cooking techniques have have what I've been diving into. Um, We got a, (laughs) we got a note from Frank and funk that just says tiger King. It's not a question. Speaking of things I learned, I learned that a tiger is fucking less expensive than Huxley was. Yes, that is that is the most surprising thing that I have learned, is that you could have gotten a tiger for $2,000. That's cheap. Can I still get a tiger for 2000 I mean, I may need Listen, to, may need to talk problem. to some people. But do you understand the do, do you understand the problem you're getting yourself into if we find a cat for two grand? We're going to have you fight it. Well, now listen, tiger is above the threshold. Now, maybe baby uh, okay. tiger, but so uh, tiger is above the threshold. We're still walking that back. <laughs> we're still walking that back. So we're, we're on the precipice of being able to spend podcast funds, which we just have a ton of, I'm sure. Podcast funds to buy a tiger, and you, you're finding a way to get out of this. That's well, fine. I mean, I mean, baby tiger. I can find a baby tiger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know the second episode of that show, this girl got her arm shredded. Well, two- and it sounded like that arm was in the cage for like a second, maybe a half second. She yeah, the guy completely like ate off or whatever. And then and then Actually, she was like, she's like, no, I don't want to put it back on because I gotta I gotta get back to work. Was back to work in seven days. If I get a cough, to- I'm trying not to go to work. If I just back cough. to work. Yeah, back to work. And now she definitely doesn't have a job because that place is gone. Well, did so, you see where she was living and what was in her background of yeah, where that, she was filming? I mean, it's sad. <laughs> excuse me. If you're listening to this and you have not watched Tiger King yet, I, I highly advise you watching it. It's one of those things that people are hyping up on social media and with good reason. It's it's one of the craziest shows that I've ever seen that just gets every single person that they enter introduce. You think this person could not be more removed from the realm of psychological normalcy than the past. And then yes, they're completely crazier than the last person you just met. So definitely go and watch it. But the, the squalor that the tiger King has his employees living in was appalling. It was the worst. It was, it was, cringing and like it made me uncomfortable to look at some of the stuff that they were living in and what they were eating and all that kind of stuff like it made me physically ill and then you know there's his myriad of husbands and boyfriends (laughs) and the last one was i thought the weirdest one because he's 
a, a nor- looks to be a normal, you know, guy. I mean, he doesn't look. I mean, his very first one had five teeth missing, and he chose to do his interviews completely shirtless for whatever reason, showing all of his, you know, ho- missing teeth. The second one got a little bit better presentable. And then the third one was actually like, what is that guy? Like a 19 year old college student from he, he literally, I mean, he literally looked like some normal middle, like, you know, early, like twenties, late teens college student. I yeah. mean, just did, did not look like somebody who would be, hooking up with a mid fifties, very strange. And then following him into hiding because of certain criminal activities, but followed him into hiding and, you know, threw away his whole life, you know, just for this guy. And I'm thinking, why? Cause he's yeah. not rich or anything. I, 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 it was a weird, it took some weird turns. And I will say, I think it was seven episodes, right? think episode five or six i could have they could have shortened it or added different content or something i kind of got a little out of it but it got me right back in at the season finale yeah it did the the i think you're right the second to last episode probably episode six did kind of drag on a little bit just kind of repeat content a little bit actually there was another show did you watch mcmillions on um hbo no, thanks for reminding me. That's something I need to add That's, on that's a very, very good show. You, you'll really enjoy that. I, I have to say the last episode does kind of do that a little bit. It does wrap it up nicely, so please do watch it. But it's a, it's a great series. But Tiger King is balls out insane. And yeah. I'm like you. I, I can't believe that the, you were just readily available. What I was more horrified is that the sheer number of people that are operating these bootleg-ass, like, pigeon-forged zoos all over the U.S. Well, what about the uh, – what about Carol – who who has eighty something free employees that yeah. work their way up to get paid, but they it takes them five years to work their way up to get paid. There was not a person in that documentary that that was redeemable at all. No. Every single person they introduced to you're like, oh, there it is. There's the other shoe dropping. Now, as soon as they introduced, yeah, the the weird ass who was down near Tampa who's got the long, uh, kind of religious name, oh, the Doc Ansel. They, yeah, the second they introduced him, I was like, oh, he's into some weird sex shit. And then sure enough, <laughs> he's pretty much running this tiger concubine. And then they meet you meet the girl from Iowa who used to work for him. And she was like, I sold everything I had. And my father drove me down to this place. And I thought, what a failure of a father. Oh, my God. I hope his father is in jail because who would drive their daughter, their young, impressionable daughter, down to this person's home, look at this guy and say, yep, not a problem if my daughter just lives here with all of these really attractive women and that's the only employees he has. I was, that is one of the things, there were many, many audible, what? That was a very much a what kind of yeah, situation. The second he was introduced, I was like, this guy's into some weird sex shit. And then sure enough, you started meeting his wives or girlfriends, whatever. I was like, oh, there it is. And they're about to do a scripted series, apparently. And Kate McKinnon is going to play Carol, is what Lauren was telling me. (laughs) Someone put an image on Twitter this week. I would love to give you credit. I I don't know who it is, so I apologize. But it said, you want to know why the Titans haven't signed Jadavian Clowney yet? That bitch Carol Baskins, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right, let's let's get to one more question. Unless you've got one in particular here you want to read. No, we can uh, we can uh, do a few a few of them. Okay, all right. Um, let's go with 
offensive tackles in the draft you would you could see overtaking Kelly for right tackle? Uh, I would say it would probably overtaking means that it could happen at any point. I would say Ezra Cleveland, uh, Lucas Nyang. Uh, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his last name. Josh Jones. I think any of those top round one, round two tackles could possibly take his uh, position. Whether we draft someone in round one or round two, uh, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt that right tackle is going to be one of those positions. All right, Andrew Becker's asked us, and I apologize, that last question was from, let me let me give you credit for asking that. It was just Chris, is at Lyle Flint. Uh, this next question is from Andrew Becker's. What would you trade for current franchise players, and what contract would you offer them? It's a very open question, but Whoa. I'll throw it at you. Um, I'm assuming that this alludes to Yannick, uh, or Yannick in Gakwe. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I would trade a first for Yannick this year's first. I would trade – that would probably be it. I'd trade maybe a first and maybe a, one of our three sevens, but I'm not trading more than that. You know, I know he's expensive, and I know that apparently we can't have, you know, three speed rushers, which I don't understand why you can't have a lot of speed rushers, but – I would trade it. I mean, it really doesn't hurt anything because he's better than whatever he's proven <clears throat> compared to whatever ever else is in going to be at pick twenty nine. So I, that's about where I'd stop, though. All right, this is the last one we'll do. Vincent asked you. Thanks for ch- uh, chiming in, V Love. I really appreciate that. How many puzzles have you done? I've we've actually done one puzzle, three Legos sets. Three Legos. Yeah. Three Lego sets. Yeah. Three different Lego sets. We get we right, did so a. Uh, Central Perk Friends, which was a thousand, and then me and Lauren each got. Uh, I got um, a Tie Fighter, and she got a uh, Harry Potter Quidditch uh, course. Okay, and, uh, we put those together the other night. <laughs> I, uh, I'm jealous. A to answer your question, Vincent, I have no puzzles in my house, but one of the reasons why is because I'm a single male. I don't know. Is it something about that? Maybe maybe I shouldn't own puzzles. I think that comes across as serial killers. I think and Jayon would take offense to that. <clears throat> they, sh- they should take offense to that. I don't know why I don't have any puzzles. I'm going to go get up. I'm going to order a puzzle. That's what I'm going to do. But Legos is what I'm jealous of because I had a ton of Legos growing up. Now I don't have my Legos anymore. And as a man who is nearing his 40s, I've lost all all care for any shame. I want to play with Legos again. Let me tell you something. But you had a it's fucking fun. blast. I had a I had yeah. a blast. And listen, they make a, they have a device now, and I had to FaceTime Andy because we had no clue what to do. So, you know, I've grown since the last time I played Legos. So Lauren had put together two pieces that were very thin, and we couldn't get them apart. And I asked, <laughs> so I FaceTimed Andy, who has two children, who plays with Legos all the time. I FaceTimed him. I showed him the piece. He goes, "Don't you should have a tool. You have a tool for that. I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. It's and a flat gray bar. Well, now it's a, a orange one with many different ways to uncouple yeah. tight pieces. So there's two or three different ways to do it. And he walked me through it. And it's the most remarkable Lego advancements have blown my mind. Yeah. As a kid, we had the, it was a this weird gray ramp shaped bar and I would always try to put it on a Lego pieces and it never matched. And I kept, I was always asking my dad, I'm like, is this like, I don't understand. Is this like a, and I'm serious. I was like, is this like a wheelchair ramp or something? What, like, why does this not connect to the set? My dad was like, son, this is a leverage. Yeah. It's, uh, my, 
father was like, it doesn't connect because this is a leverage bar. You use this to take the, the hardcore Legos apart. I'll tell you this. I, I learned well, this now I'm wondering Legos. how many times I've ruined my teeth when there's that bar's been there. I, don't, I do not remember that bar. I tore so many fingernails as kids trying to get little like flat pieces of Legos apart. So the reason why Legos connect so well together is because Legos are made with the same manufacturing standards as car engines. Like they have to come down to a very specific millimeter of a cut. That's the reason why Legos fit together so well and why they retain their shape so well. Unlike some of these other bullshit ass contenders out there like mega blocks and all that crap. Lego. That's why Legos are so expensive is because they're made with a surgical precision. They're, they're, they're pretty wild the way Legos are made. Well, have you watched the Will Arnett led Lego masters competition? No, you, I haven't. It's on I, Hulu. I, I, you, you should watch it because it's actually, first off, he's a really excellent host. And it's really a funny show. It's kind of like, it's not nailed it, but the, his hosting style is very close to Nicole Byers' hosting style. Nailed it. He's very funny. They do funny things as a production company and editing stuff. But the stuff that these people make is insane. It's crazy. And and so me and Lauren are putting together this stuff. And, you know, we, you know, got that piece locked. And I look at her and I go, we'd never be on this show. So we if we, we got to really up our Lego game if we're going to do what they do. It's no, it's I'm, I, I'll watch Chopped every now and then. I'm like, I could do this, but then the second basket where they pull out like a hog's head, and I'm like, yeah, I couldn't do this. I, I don't, I don't know what the hell to do. We, we started that. watching a supermarket uh, secret cart or something. It's um, it's a Food Network show, and yeah. they take these uh, four chefs. And they put them out in the parking lot of a supermarket. And they give each chef $500, and that's supposed to last them three rounds. And they go and buy people, random people's groceries as they're leaving the store. So, I mean, it's <laughs> you, you get, first off, they approach these people, you know, and like, hey, can I buy your basket? And the first round is you can't look at what's in there, but you can go back into another and spend more money if you have to. Then the second one, you only can go once, and then blah, blah, blah. But... These people get so get their recipes so ingrained in their head that they fail to see when they get these baskets what they can make out of the current basket. If they don't see what they want, they start freaking out. They one of them was a pizza, and this guy got all dessert stuff, but including pie crust, and decided that uh, he couldn't do a dessert pizza. He just did, it never entered his mind. And to me, it's like you gotta. You, I could do that show. Like I'm looking at, it, I go. In the heat of the moment, I can do that show. So you given a recipe, and then you have to go buy someone's basket to try to make said so recipe? You're given like a category. So category was pizza, so you have to go do something for pizza or brunch or okay. tacos. So you have to have certain stuff to do it, but they get so ingrained in what they want to do that they can't look past of what they could do. So what are you cooking for dinner tonight? That I do not know. Uh I have no I no clue yet. We have tons of stuff to eat because <laughs> I thought you couldn't go to grocery stores at some point. Sure. But um ton of stuff to eat. Have no clue what we're going to eat. I'm like you. I stocked up really, really well. <clears throat> now I'm a little upset that I stocked up so well because you can still go to the grocery store. But yeah, at the same time, it just dawned on me about an hour ago. I'm like, I have a lot of really nice stuff to cook. But most of it's frozen. Yeah, that's most like what good it, meats are. Is. So now I'm sitting here thinking, here it is, like 4:30 on a Friday, 
and I've got to try to defrost something. Yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea what I'm cooking either. Um, all right. That's it. That's, That's it. our first, uh, first stay at home podcast. Well, it, I think it went well. It looks like the volume levels have fully recorded and we didn't get Very shut nice. off. And we nice. came in at under 45 minutes. Under 45 minutes, maybe the shortest podcast we've ever yeah. done. Uh, well, we really appreciate you all tuning in. We are definitely going to try to make this more regular. We know uh, we know you got to have something else to do other than watch the news, which is about unbearable to deal with these days. But um, everyone stay safe out there. You know, please limit your trips outside and uh, and we'll all get through this. We'll try to keep you entertained over here. Obviously, we come up with more Titans news. If we need to uh, bump in and do a little bit of emergency, re- emergency recording, we will. Um, but for Zach Lyons, Mr. Lebowski, the unfortunately not present Michael, we are football and other F words. You can find us on Twitter at F words pod. You can find us on Stitcher. Spotify, iTunes, the whole gamut. Really appreciate you tuning in. You have been effed.